So Talk To Me in Korean is a learning platform for the Korean language. Anybody who wants to learn Korean on their own or as a supplement to their school curriculum can learn on our website at talktomeinkorean.com as well as through our textbooks and workbooks. We have about 40 books available uh, published so far. And we I started the company and brand in 2009. Mm. And it was basically my effort to help my friends and people around the world who wanted to learn Korean but didn't have the resources mm -hmm. because uh, most of the resources available back mm -hmm. then were not available online or those that were available were a little bit outdated. <laughs> so yeah. um, um, based on my background uh, of being a... I don't know, uh, Gearhead being a internet addict and yep. being a content creator, a YouTuber, I combined everything into one. And also I'm a language enthusiast. So mm -hmm. I combined all of my passions into one thing and it became the birth of Talk To Me In Korean. Do you think it helps that, I mean, you describe yourself as a gearhead and young. I know you do like break dancing. I mean, this is not coming from, I know also you're an academic, but it's not coming from suits and bureaucrats, but somebody that's, you know, that's, that's kind of young and cool and then can convey this in a way that's appealing to other people around the world. Do you think that helps, Hyunwoo? Mm, I'm not sure if I wanted to market it that way, mm -hmm. but I think... I would say the most appropriate adjective here is um, approachable and yeah. relatable, I guess. Mm -hmm. Well, two adjectives. <laughs> but um, I started as a language learner, an English learner here in Korea who has never studied abroad or didn't have the opportunity mm. uh, to study abroad. So I know the struggles of a learner who, who wants to learn a language from far, far away. So mm. I've gone from knowing nothing to knowing the English language or the Japanese language or some other languages pretty well. So I know how, how hard it can be and how much work has to go into learning a language. So I think a lot of people relate to my situation and they want to achieve the same things uh, mm. that uh, I have achieved in a way. So yeah, approachable and relatable. <laughs> I do like that personal aspect of it you know when i see it online and and the comments you receive and, and it's also positive when i do look at talk to me in korean it's, it's a podcast it's a book it's youtube there's insta there's twitter like it's all across all mediums and spectrums and so people can access it in in the ways that appeal to them is there one particular one particular medium or thing that you particularly enjoy has there been the success of one that surprised you because it's not just one thing is it it goes across many so uh, mm. how do you handle that and is there is one more successful than the other do you enjoy one more than the other or well there isn't one that i enjoy more than the other or um, one that was more successful than the other platforms or mediums but mm. um, my approach our approach is to meet the learners where they are you know okay uh when somebody wants to learn a language in their busy day-to-day -day life mm. it takes a tremendous amount of willpower and effort mm -hmm. and dedication to actually open a book and just go through one more page per day mm. Mm. and i wanted to because i've i've done that myself and i've agonized over 
that yeah, myself. I wanted to meet meet the learners where they are already. So when they're scrolling through Instagram, their Instagram feed, mm. if there's just one more picture of a Korean dish or one more photo by not just necessarily us, but mm. by other organizations, other teams about Korea or Korean culture or the Korean language, mm. that is just one more slight nudge toward opening that book. So yeah, I wanted to uh, create a presence mm. all over the internet, wherever they are. So we tried many things. We are on TikTok. We have an Instagram account, Twitter account. I'm very active on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and one particularly successful one, I would say, is also the podcasts. Because mm. when you listen to somebody's voice for many years, you build a rapport, even if it's a one-way rapport, mm -hmm. um, with the person who is talking. And I'm sure you get that a lot. You know, many people who are used to hearing you, um, they might recognize you because of your voice. It's, and I'd rather they do that than my face. <laughs> Sometimes I've got a, <laughs> I've got a face for radio, but I know what you mean by that. And I get that talking to you here, having listened to your podcast. Presence is really important. And I like the way that you do that with your, the Instagram posts. And it's just that little nudge. You mentioned sort of the community and things like that there's there's quite a teaching korean community online whether it's the i might get some of the names wrong but go billy or sponge mind it's the michael chap there's many out there is that community competitive is it friendly mm -hmm. does identity mm -hmm. matter i mean you are korean how how does that teaching korean online community work yanu well, me being a Korean native speaker and local born Korean person definitely mm. helps, but I don't think that gives me any more privilege or authority over mm. other creators who are, say, from the US, like Gobili, who is mm. an excellent teacher. Yeah. Um, so the community is, or the market, I would say, is very friendly. Nobody is like in a bloody competition with anybody else, even, right. even with other companies too. So we, I, I always keep um, up to date. I, I, stay, I try to stay up to date with all the latest news about what company published what book, mm -hmm. what content creator came up with, what kind of series, who partnered up with so-and-so. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but so far, it's all very friendly and... Um, one important aspect that I always think about is people's learning or like the learning itself mm -hmm. only takes place when you put in a, a sort of effort, like you can't learn always in a fun, fun, fun way. Right. So right. Um, content, online content, videos, new music videos, it's all good. But when you actually want to learn, you will find yourself in front of a book or mm -hmm. a course or anything that you need to work in front of. So I just want to see us or other creators uh, bring people to that place, like where they are ready to learn, be it one word, one phrase, one grammar yeah. point. Spoken like a true Korean, you know, you've got to have that nolyok. You've got to have the effort. It's not just exactly. fun. You, you've got to put in the hard yards. Um, yeah. I, I, I do agree with that, though. It's, you do need that. And, um, well, how, how hard is 
Korean. And I know it's all going to be like Sabasa and everyone will have an age plays a big mm -hmm. role. If you're young, you do have that sort of more um, sponge mind, I guess. But how hard do you think is Korean as a language from a linguistic perspective? I personally don't think it's that hard because I mean, I don't think any language in the world is like innately hard because mm -hmm. Um, no matter how hard it is among the 6,000 languages that are there in the world right now, yeah. every, every language has evolved in a way that is the most effective form. And Korean, if it were unnecessarily difficult, we wouldn't be speaking it, right? We would yeah. have changed it in a way. Makes and sense. we have. Uh, yeah, so uh, I, I don't think Korean is particularly difficult. And uh, Hangul, the writing system, the letters being super easy to learn. You can mm -hmm. master it within a couple of hours. It, it's a big help. Unlike for a Korean child who mm -hmm. wants to start learning English, learning the alphabet letters is it's so random. It, like the letters are so arbitrary. Like mm -hmm. why, why, <laughs> why does one That's... shape represent one sound, right? But yeah. with the Korean letters, Hangul, everything makes sense. Everything is scientific. So you, you can sit down with a child. We can, you can sit down with an adult, an old person. Um, everybody understands it. So the entry barrier is very low. So yeah. I think Korean is easy to start learning. Absolutely agree with that. And you can sort of pick it up and you can learn to read things even if you don't know what they mean or what they say, mm -hmm. but you can learn yeah. the language and you can get. So what is hard about it? One thing I've found personally very difficult is vocabulary. And I'll be sitting with Japanese or Chinese students and they'll immediately pick up on words because of the hanja. And I, mm. I just don't have those reference points. So for me, I found vocabulary super hard in Korean, right? like starting from yeah. zero. What, what do you think is right. one of the hard points about it? Well, vocabulary is hard when it comes to any language learning, um, like learning any language in the world. So I wouldn't say vocabulary because mm. it's going to be hard no matter what. Yeah. But I would say if I were to pick out one aspect, it would be the sentence endings because there's such a, mm. you know, such an abundance of different ways you can end your sentence. Yeah. Um, like, for example, you use the word saram by saram, person mm -hmm. by person, depends on the person, right? Yeah. Um, learning a word like that, if you understand it in that instant, it's just already done and it's completed. You understand it. It'll be in your memory forever, mm -hmm. and you know that expression. You can use it anytime you want, as long as you know the word haram, mm -hmm. person. But um, understanding a sentence ending, like you want to say, this is good, you can say, but then you can say, you mm -hmm. can also go like, and those subtle changes changes the mood and the vibe of the sentence, mm -hmm. or yeah the atmosphere. So understanding those subtle differences will um, set you back a little bit. It feels like um, when you are in the intermediate level or above, but yeah, as a beginner, it's going to be super fun and it's easier than ever before with all the resources that are available online and mm -hmm. all these great artists and Netflix series that will motivate you to want to learn. <laughs> 
Yeah, I agree. Netflix and all that they do. We'll come on to that in a minute, I think. With the, the endings, I, I'm not sure if it's true or not, but like, yeah, in Korean, verbs are really important and they come at the end and you can say everything, but then sometimes it's how you finish it. And I don't know whether it's different in English, whether we focus more on nouns, whether these are crash generalizations, but whether it's more on nouns and subject, but... It, is Korean more about verbs and English is about nouns or do you see it differently? Well, there is a certain aspect to it. Of course, we use a lot of adverbs and verbs mm. um, in situations where you would say an adjective and a noun. So we, uh, we would say, for example, in Korean, you would say you, uh, 많이 마셔요, you drink water a lot. Mm -hmm. Whereas in English, you would say a lot of water, mm -hmm. like a lot of is modifying water, whereas a lot is modifying drink in mm -hmm. Korean. So mm -hmm. you, you do see that. But instead of difficult, I would say it's fun because of the differences. Because yeah. I had a lot of fun. Of course, it was challenging um, along the way, but I had a lot of fun learning all these different aspects of the English language as a Korean native speaker. So I think learners will have a ton of fun because there's this big difference. Yeah, and it's that difference that appeals to you. It feels maybe not exotic, but it, it is the differences and you want that new thing. You're chasing that. I completely get that. To, yeah, to... and yeah, to, to add just one, one more thing, um, mm. that, that kind of difference, the bigger the difference, yeah. the more help it'll be to your brain. Like you are basically installing another operating system to your brain and mm -hmm. you can, it's like a dual CPU system that you now have. And if the two systems were too identical or similar, maybe mm. the benefit wouldn't be that big. But now because you can run an Android system and an iOS system in one device, mm -hmm. you are that much more compatible and flexible and intelligent. I totally get that. And it opens your mind. It, it, it broadens your way of understanding, not just things, but people and ideas. So yeah. to, to speak Korean, do you have to think in Korean? I mean, if you, I've been in Korea nearly 20 years now and speaking the language, but does, what's your take on this? Does thinking and speaking in Korean, do they go together? Does it change your personality? So it's not just linguistic, but you have to, you know, have a different operating system and you have to come at things with a whole different mindset that's beyond language mm. itself. I think it just happens naturally um, rather than having a strategy or strategic uh, approach mm. to learning the language well. Like you got to think like a Korean person if you want to speak Korean. Mm. Rather than that, I think if you actually learn consistently almost every day or regularly, you will see that happen very mm. naturally. Um, mm. You will get tired of translating your own thoughts from another language into Korean. And then you will just... Because the phrases are so, you know, familiar to you and you know the phrase in and out, mm. um, you will think like a native Korean speaker, at least in those short moments. And those short moments will become short minutes and then hours. So now, uh, yeah, I when I have conversations in English, I think like an English speaker. And when I have to mix Korean in that, I think my 
thinking process changes a little bit. So mm-hmm. it's a very fascinating process that happens very, very naturally over time, I think. Yeah, I agree with that. And sometimes you don't notice the changes. For me, I had this moment where I began dreaming in Korean. And it mm-hmm. happened sort of gradually, I'd have one and then the next month, another one, and they became more common. Not so it's regularly every night, but then I, I would wake up and go, wow, I was speaking Korean in my dream. And mm-hmm. That was when I sort of recognized that there was a part, I don't know, something in my head was changing or how does dreaming work with a language? Did you have that experience in English or have any of your learners spoken to you about that? Um, Dreaming, um, I don't give a lot of meaning to that personally, but when you learn a language and dream um, in that language for the first time, it's exciting. That's for sure. So. (laughs) <laughs> that's a kind of personal milestone that you can remember and celebrate. So that's good. It just means that you are that much more dedicated to learning the language. Mm. And yeah. And one thing that uh, I just remembered about personality changing is this uh, example that I'd like to talk about. Mm. When I talk to somebody who is older than me in Korean, mm-hmm. I become, I mean, I am naturally more respectful, I'm more polite. And then all of a sudden, when we switch to English, if the other person also speaks English uh, comfortably, and all of a sudden, before in Korean, I was addressing this person using a specific social title, right? Like 부장님, 차장님, 선생님, or even 형님. And then I would be adding the yo at the end to show politeness. But then now in English, in the same room, I'm talking to this person using you, 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 like mm-hmm. a, an equal person. And I often find myself sitting a little more laid back, more relaxed, and even yeah. crossing my legs, which would be unthinkable yeah. when we are having the conversation in Korean. Mm-hmm. How dare you cross your legs in front of an older person, <laughs> right? But then me, I'm still the same person, but just five minutes yeah. later, just because we switched languages, I'm more... I don't know, more of a free soul (laughs) all of a sudden. Yeah. So that kind of change is always interesting to witness. It is. And it it is physical as well. I get that. The the, the crossing the legs. And even if you're making eye contact, whether you square your Mm. shoulders, I mean, especially if you're bigger, taller, broader shouldered than the higher ranking people in Korea, you kind of have to make yourself a little bit smaller and not imposing. I think that's what Mm -hmm. that's what I do. So what about the the idea of the Korean language, Hyunwoo, and the the nature of democracy. I know this might be a bit silly, but in Korea, in Korean, we're always kind of reinforcing distinction and level. And I'm not saying this is a bad thing, but it happens, and there are cultural and historic reasons for it. Mm-hmm. But we're reinforcing that distance, whether it's the Hyunnim, the Sunsingnim, somebody's above us or below us. That doesn't happen as much in English. So. Does that have any effect sort of politically and culturally in terms of democracy or how relationships Mm. play out? So there is a degree to which that is true, uh, I think. And we actually made a video about a similar topic. uh, And it's the the title of the video is uh, the downside of the oppa on the culture. And you have this really close rapport relationship with this person when you 
stop addressing that person as so and so she, and then you start calling that person so and so oppa, so and so hyung, and that oppa or hyung or duna or onni, they will start buying you lunch every single time you meet, <laughs> and that's awesome, right? And they take care of you, look after you. It's really, really like warm. Hearted gestures yeah. and all that—it's good. But at the same time, when I have a in international age, I have a seven-year-old and a four-year-old, and mm -hmm. both of them, when they bump into other kids in the neighborhood in the playground, and they just want to walk a certain way, and then another kid is coming this way uh, in, a, in a playground setting, mm -hmm. and then they meet each other, bump into each other. The first thing they say is not. Hi, mm. or who are you, or anything like that. The first thing they ever say is "No m e s a r i a How old are you? <laughs> yeah, and it's it happens every single time. It's just so interesting. And why are they asking <laughs> how old are you? Mm. It's because they want to figure out how to address the other person. If it's an older boy, they will say "Young." They wouldn't go to the politeness um, language side yet, but they right. would say "hyung hyung," and then the other kid will automatically have a stronger say in their joint decisions. Mm -hmm. And I see that, and I remember actually experiencing that as a child in Korea too. So uh, I totally understand what you're saying about democracy. I'm not sure about politics, but democracy, mm -hmm. yes, when Uh, there are people from different age backgrounds in one room trying to come up with a solution for something. Mm -hmm. It does work as a hindrance mm. uh, from time to time. So smart organizations will know how to get rid of that, yeah. <laughs> and not so smart ones will be victims of uh, of that of the downside of this system. Yeah, I think that flexibility and not only the Korean language but the Korean people and culture have shown that it can be very adaptable and flexible to to overcome these things. Um, when mm. you mention you, your children and that asking questions about age, and um, one of the hardest things that I find to teach international students, like I can teach them the the history and the dates and the figures and the people, and it all makes sense to them. But the idea of hierarchy in Korean society and how then actions and etiquette and language revolves around this but moreover it's kind of high context and not spoken you're meant to find out where you are in this particular group whether you're the third person in the getung or the the first and everything changes according to that and many of my international students particularly from europe or north america they don't kind of get it like they look at me and mm -hmm. sort of it's not going in i can't explain it i think it's something maybe that has to be felt or Are you able? Have you found a successful way of conveying this, or do you perceive it differently from the way I've described it? Well, um, I don't see it too differently. Um, I think it's uh, definitely something that does exist in Korean culture. Mm. Um, I haven't tried to explain it to many people uh, that often, but it's yeah. I think it's the same situation with the Korean age system mm -hmm. and uh, what you mentioned in general. It's kind of like a virtual game where every player has a name tag or some kind of score attached 
or a ranking number <laughs> attached yeah. to their face. Yeah. So every time you talk to somebody, you see another person's face, you see their rank, and you see exactly how high or how low that per that person's rank is. Mm. It's kind of like that. And just imagine a conversation where you're addressing the other person uh, as Kyusunnim, mm -hmm. which you are, I believe. And um, wow. Kyusunnim, if you want to say you in a simple situation, what do you want to drink? What do you want to have? And in that sentence, the word Kyusunnim is required. Right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 교수님 뭐 드실 거예요? 교수님은 커피 드실 거예요? 교수님. So every time you say something to mean you, you are reminded of the other person's social title. Mm -hmm. And it's the same situation with 언니, 형. Um, so that can negatively affect the <laughs> democracy between the two people. Of course, we've lived with this system for thousands of years so it's yeah. not always that negative we've we have ways to figure things out together but mm -hmm. for international audiences it's a very new kind of phenomenon i think yeah yeah absolutely and it's not so much about criticism but more about just trying to understand and and better mm -hmm. you know adapt and deal with the situation i think the more you want get to get to know the culture behind it the easier it can be mm -hmm. you mentioned in terms of using titles like whether it's kyosu or kyosunim and then there's this idea of pronouns now i find it fascinating that you can go through whole korean conversations without ever using like i me you they're mm -hmm. they're often just implied or omitted or um you know instead of saying do you want some water you might just say to somebody water um, what's your take on that, Hyunwoo, how the Korean language might not use these pronouns that are so familiar in other languages? Yeah, um, it's both practical and also um, a tool to avoid any ambiguity. Um, so, for example, I have this close friend whose wife I also know, mm -hmm. and I know her name. I can call her so and so she every single time, mm. but it wouldn't be so endearing, yeah. right? Um, <laughs> sure. Calling that person so and so she. And I haven't built enough rapport between myself and her to mm. call her like so and so, yeah, like even if she's younger than me. Mm. So I just keep avoiding mentioning her name or you, the pronoun you, um, every chance I get. So <laughs> I just say things without. Yeah, subject. Mm. Yeah, and that that's very practical, and uh, <laughs> it just works. I think. On a just before we move on, on a deeper level, does it? Some people might look at Korea and say it's a more not hundred percent, but a more collectivist society than other individual-based societies. Do you think that if people are always going around never saying sort of I, I, me, you, and and they're never reinforcing that individual thing, they're just always talking in the the high context collective thing, do you think it has any impact on the nature of individualism and the idea of a, an individual person, the language and how it's used? Mm. Well, there is an aspect in Korean culture like that, but I don't think uh, omitting the subject itself has that much of an impact on sort of a lack of individualism. Mm -hmm. um, not needing to say I every single time you 
say something is very efficient and it's not necessary and you you can and you're safely allowed to say ta or na when you mm. want to emphasize the fact that it's about i or it's about you know yourself mm-hmm. um, so yeah i don't i don't think those two are that closely related okay yeah no, no that's cool mm. thank you for that um mm. You also, if we if we switch languages just very quickly, you also teach English to Korean people. Is that right? You you do it the other way around. Mm, not um, actively at the moment, but I've done some English broadcasting before, and the shows are still on air reruns. So people do perceive me as an English teacher here in Korea. Ah, maybe I, I need to get onto my research a little bit better. I didn't realize they were reruns. <laughs> is there is there I mean, a di- yeah cool. yeah. I mean, I am passionate about language education in general. So I, I did uh, about five years of English language broadcasting and teaching, mm. and I've done my fair share of experience. Had my fair share of experience. So I basically graduated from teaching English. <laughs> I don't do it anymore. Yeah, congratulations! Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> um, I was going to ask, what were your experiences like that? I guess because. Every year, the the Sunung English questions and things like that come out, and um, you know there has been a big English boom. There's been a lot of money spent on English learning in Korea. My nephew is pretty fluent in English. Um, we can have conversations really easily, and he's he's amazing at English, but mm. he struggles with Sunung because of which is the mm. uh, Korean SATs, and he struggles with the English questions on it just because they're so far removed from a conversation. Say like we, you and I are having right now. Do you have any thoughts on the way that language is taught here in Korea to the Korean people? Um, I have a fairly strong opinion about that. And let me begin by saying that if you are a tourist coming mm-hmm. to Korea, and if you see all these broken English signs and um, slogans written in English that make no sense at all, <laughs> yeah. That's because those English phrases and expressions and even big corporation names are not written for you. They're not written for English speakers, real English speakers. They're written for Koreans. Mm. So what I mean by that is English has become a language in Korea um, in its own way that shows some social status Mm -hmm. or like, I speak English, I'm smart, that kind of mentality is still there. And people also automatically associate speaking English fluently uh, with being smart when Mm. they see someone speaking English, whether they know that person really well or they don't. That's why whenever a celebrity on TV suddenly, you know, flexes their English speaking abilities, Mm -hmm. they're all of a sudden the smartest person in the room, right? It's just mm-hmm. the language and millions of people, tens of millions of people around the world speak this language that is English. Um, so in Korea, we have that. So I don't know the root cause of that. Nobody knows for sure, I don't think, because um, maybe because we had this really compressed growth mm-hmm. uh, from the 50s, 60s, 70s, and everybody started doing better than before but then some people were doing better like faster than other people and what was 
maybe the differentiator and people wanted to ensure better education for their children, but then everybody's doing that. Mm -hmm. What is another layer of differentiator? And that turned out to be also English because speaking English helps. Um, so many factors included, I think in Korea, people regard fluent English speakers really, really highly. Mm. Um, so Sunung, um, back to Sunung, we have, this is really difficult to explain <laughs> now that I think <laughs> about it, David. <laughs> so I did really well in Sunung. Um, Congratulations. I uh, got, 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 <laughs> got a full score on the Sunung English test. Um, but um, it was only because I was already fluent by the time um, I was already conversational in, in English. Uh, mm in my third year in high school, I started learning, studying English really diligently when I was in my first year in high school. So after like two and a half years of like studying every, every single day, mm. um, I could see through Sunung what their, what the test makers intentions were and all that. Right. But it was just a matter of an excess amount of vocabulary that you had to memorize. Mm -hmm. And they, they're trying to make you fail, right? They're trying to make you miss the correct answers these are yeah. all like trap questions so for people who are already um, comfortable in english if they didn't do their due diligence of memorizing at least 10,000 vocabulary words mm -hmm. they will fail yeah and the test makers uh, intention is exactly that um i know there are many high school students who can understand the paragraph in English and answer questions correctly. But do you know this amazingly fancy word too? <laughs> um, they, they needed a system um, to give everybody a different score. So yeah, yeah, I, I hope that they, I hope they ch change the system soon, but um, I'm afraid it won't be that soon. It's very interesting to hear someone that, crushed the Sunung and did really well and got great marks on it say that it should be changed because normally you would expect it to be the other way around i think you make a really mm -hmm. interesting point though about these some these signs in english um whether they're kind of these conglish things or even if they're advertising you know a, a, a city or a region such as i sold you that you made a really interesting point that I'd not considered that they're not really designed for native speakers or for foreign yeah, people so, coming to Korea because it's easy to laugh at them and sort of say, ha ha, but yeah, you've, you've changed my view on that actually, Hyunu. Yeah, um, to, to summarize my point, the English or incorrectly written uh, hilarious broken English in Korea mm. are for Korean eyes only. Mm, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. And it makes sense to them. And it's, it, it, it's communicating. It's doing the exact job it's meant to do of communicating to them, right? Those um, incorrect Konglish signs were never meant to make sense. Mm -hmm. It's just a way to flex their knowledge, like like shallow knowledge of uh, the English language, which is uh, associated with being smart and being an intellectual person. In, in the future, I think uh, it'll change and in the future when more and more people visit Korea and point out problems um, they they will have to change uh, on this uh, website I saw this really um, 
nonsensical phrase. Mm. It was actually on the Mercedes-Benz website. I saw an ad for a new car mm. on Kakao Talk, right? And yep. maybe because I was chatting with my friends about cars, and then I saw this ad pop up, and I clicked on their website. It, it is the official Mercedes-Benz Korea website, and I clicked on a mo uh, car model. Yeah. And everything else is written in Korean for Korean people only. And then right below the fancy luxury car brand name, yeah. it said in English, yeah. risk an affair. <laughs> um, I was like, come on. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> why? Why here? Why this phrase? Uh, yeah. So that happens all the time. And it is not intended for any real English speaker to see. But a business, a Korean businessman might look at that and think, oh, risk, that's business, that's, I'm one of these people in an affair. Yeah, it, it, it makes sense like that, <laughs> I guess. I was dreading what you were going to say when you were building up to that story, Yanu, because... No, 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 I mean, but... We've I all like, seen it, Look. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, when you mentioned this idea of, you know, more people will come and they'll, they'll point point out these things and that's always a dialectical communication i think but how does stuff like whether it's espa squid game parasite this this broader Hallyu thing that's going over how does that affect what you're doing like have you noticed anything is there a crossover in that mm, not yet um it'll take time i've been asked by many people i mm. mean in multiple interviews whether the popularity of Squid Game, uh, particularly, has given us a lot of subscribers all of a sudden, or a lot of paying customers all of a sudden. Mm. Um, the answer is not yet. I don't think the answer is no. Uh, mm -hmm. It's just not yet because, for for example, um, you know the Netflix series. Uh, I'm not sure if it was on Netflix, but Chongyi Jip Casa de Papel. Yeah, yeah. It's a very successful Spanish language show. Um, that show being in Spanish didn't suddenly create a ton more Spanish learners. Mm. But if uh, after that hit show, if maybe three other hit shows, like number one shows on Netflix were in Spanish, that mm -hmm. would have done the trick, right? Yeah. So right now that's what's happening with Korean after Parasite. People were like, what language is that? Oh, okay, that backdrop is Korea. Oh, fine, that's cool. And then BTS is there, and of course, uh, Blackpink. Mm -hmm. So he, all these things happening at the same time in the same year, in a very short span of time, is definitely contributing to um, having people more interested in the language. And it'll happen eventually. So I'm counting on the new series, Hellbound, and the <laughs> new one. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't know the English title, Koyoe Pada, with Kongyu uh, uh, and yep. Eduna. Yeah. the new one the space one coming out and maybe a couple more and then maybe um we will see a huge surge but so far it just takes time for people to build an interest in uh, a culture and then actually decide to learn the language too learning the language usually is the last step mm -hmm. so we're mm -hmm. still waiting for the waves to hit yeah but it is interesting, though, that with these with these dramas that the Korean language is now going into more and more households around the world. It, it blows my mind, actually, that some people would 
watch these things dubbed. I know people do that rather than use subtitles, <laughs> and the dubbing is just terrible. But it, it it is good, I think, that more and more people around the world are hearing the Korean language, even if they're only just reading the subtitles, but becoming more familiar. Did did you have a take on like this subtitle thing? Because that that's been a huge conversation in some parts of the internet, and I guess you must subtitle. A lot of your videos, and when you're making books, you have to translate mm -hmm. those things. Is there a particular approach to subtitling stuff, whether it's for Netflix or otherwise, that you find the most efficient or appropriate? For our videos and um, video lessons or books, mm. we can add um, very direct. Translations, uh, and that's not a problem at all. So we do that. Mm -hmm. So. Um, we even try to match the word order in sentences, and that's for educational purposes, and that works. But I understand that for TV shows, things that are for entertainment, if you were to translate everything word for word, mm -hmm. there are going to be certain things that make less sense in mm -hmm. a different culture. So I totally understand the position that translators are in, or um, these uh, OTT services are in, they have to make everything efficient. But I do see things that could be explained a little further in detail that are a little like skipped. Mm -hmm. um, so I hope they, yeah, change their approach slightly to include a little more detail because they're still, in my opinion, there's still room for a couple more words, but they didn't include those extra words. When you say there's a couple more uh, words, can you think of any examples or are you thinking, is it like adjectives or explanations of a concept where it might be something like, I don't know, nunchi or han or something uh, like that? What, what's, what is it, Hyunoo? Yeah, I'm talking about things that could be translated literally that could end up in 10 words uh, and mm -hmm. they actually translated it into a different kind of idiomatic expression in English that were like six words. And I get it because maybe I can't think of the, I think of an example right now, but mm. for example, uh, in Squid Game, there was a scene where they said something along the lines of, uh, like, I don't, I don't think about what's yours, what's mine. Mm. Right. Mm. And that was translated. I'm just roughly remembering this. Right. But mm -hmm. they, let's say they translated it to, we all share this. Right. Um, in English, it makes sense, yeah. but it would be nice to just say what the phrase says, um, what's yours, what's mine, doesn't matter, something mm -hmm. like that. It mm -hmm. would also make sense. So I saw uh, many expressions like that that could have been translated more directly. Okay, yeah, I, that's definitely a point. When you say that in your work, when you're doing subtitles, you even keep the original word order, do you mean like you use the... Korean syntax, but English words like you flip it. Is that what you were saying? Uh, not not uh, to that point, but for example, if you say, um, I'll get it done when I get home, mm -hmm. right? And in English, you would often say, mm -hmm. So, part, the part is before yeah. I'll get it done. But in English, when I go home, I'll get it done. It's maybe less natural in yep. some contexts. So we we try to keep the 
word order similar. So we'll mm-hmm. translate it to when I get home, I'll get it done okay. for educational purposes. And then it lines up a little bit easier. You can see the direct yeah, correlation. Mm. The, yeah, the word home is closer to chip than the other way around. Yeah, yeah. So what are you, um, what are you in Talk to Me in Korean doing at the moment? What's the next big project? Is there, is there a book coming? Is there a podcast? What's, what's the next step you're doing or you've just done? There are two very secretive projects that we're working on. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. I can't tell you about that here um, on air, but yeah. um, we are working on new projects that will help Korean learners in a new way. Okay. Um, and in addition to those new projects, we still have a lot of things that are um, underway that we have been doing, for example, um, creating more workbooks and more reading materials. And we just published a brand new book that's on Korean pronunciation mm. because that's one of the final steps when you, even after you become completely fluent in mm-hmm. the Korean language, the pronunciation is still like your last homework. Yep. You can refine it even further. So uh, we spent way too much time on this book, researching, researching, and revising. We actually spent more than, a, more than 800 days um, wow. doing research for this book and it's finally out we are very excited about it so yeah That's... we've just been busy no it is and, and you do so much work which is great on it my my korean teacher is always pointing to her mouth and her tongue and correcting the way i say things she's <laughs> like david it's like this it's like this and yeah it takes a while but you you wrote a book on pronunciation how does that work, Yadu? Yeah. Like, that's weird. It's uh, uh, it's ironic, but <laughs> yeah. um, we know that most language learners, or at least our um, Talk to Me in Korean users, mm. learn best with a book when mm. they have an open page and they focus on the book. Books don't have notifications popping up at you know, at the, mm-hmm. the, on the top yeah. of each page. So they can actually focus for at least five minutes, at least 10 minutes. So uh, we wanted to combine that with um, visual aids. So we have our own app for uh, listening to our audio tracks. So mm-hmm. we added the video animations of tongue position and mouth shape to that app. So they can study with the book and whenever they want to hear something, they can scan the QR code and they can actually see the animation mm. of the exact mouth shape. And even without the video uh, animations or uh, audio tracks, we added a lot of um, comparison exercises. So mm-hmm. a lot of people struggle with all oh, the, the vowel all oh, because it's not a standalone vowel that you use in English, mm. but um it's, dif- it's different from similar sounding vowels, but uh, we added like exercises for o, a, o, 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 a, o, like that written in Hangul. And you can pick out the differences when you have similar vowels right next to the vowel you're learning. So yeah, those things, those things have been added to the book and we are always thinking about the best ways to uh, explain the Korean language. 
that's the exact same vow that my teacher is always on at me about. So thank you. Maybe I need to go and get this book. You know, your books are actually quite iconic. I think, um, you know, just with the color, the presentation, the layout of them, and. I, I don't know if you go online and obviously I, I, I follow you guys on the various platforms, but often see people posting the work that they've done from the book, you know, that they're flexing their their study mm. o online. You must get this kind of great sense of positivity feeling that people are around the world are, are not just sort of posting and, and, and reading your books and your work, but they're learning and they're developing from that. And there's this all this positivity yeah. that must give you a, re a great feeling, doesn't it? Can I? It makes me so happy. Um, it makes my um, co-workers happy. The whole team really, really happy mm. about what we do and about their progress as well. Because back to um, what you mentioned about our books, our books are very well designed to yeah. put it nicely. Um, and we that's because we've given intentionally given a lot of power and authority to our designers. We have four superstar designers in-house and mm -hmm. they are always coming up with really cool design concepts and we just give them all the time they need. Although I might, you know, tell them to hurry up a little bit here and there, <laughs> but <laughs> in Korea. But that way. In Korean, and yeah. then that way people are less hesitant to. There, there are many things that are involved in this. So, say uh, the, the first, the first one, the first factor is the books are pretty. So, yeah. they don't want to uh, post a picture about a very ugly book that that don't don't look mm. aesthetically pleasing, right? Mm. But our books are pretty, so they don't feel hesitant to post it. And when they do post it and tag us, we react to those posts. So yep. the learners feel good. And even if they did the same thing with another brand's book, another publisher's book, they wouldn't have a face that they can um, associate it with the brand mm. who, who wrote the book. It's, it's an unknown person, right? Of course, there are names written as yeah. authors, but they don't know the teachers personally. But they know us. They've listened to our podcasts over the years. They see our videos all the time when they study with us. Mm. They don't want to let Hyunu down, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> they don't. They don't want to disappoint Hyunu or Yeji or Seungwan. So, um, of course, I'm adding uh, a funny. Uh, I'm talking about it in a light way, but yeah, that's also something that actually plays a role. So. They know exactly who they are tagging. Mm -hmm. They know exactly the faces that they're um, thinking of right now as they're studying mm. who wrote this book. And our example sentences also involve our own personal names too. So it's a it's a community. It's a virtual invisible community that we're building through books and online courses. And yeah. It's very clever. I, I think. Um, thank you. And it was part intentional and part, mm. I guess, unexpected. At the same time, one thing that also was unexpected is people tell us that they enjoy other people's study grams or study posts mm. because it reminds them that they're not alone. They're not yeah. the only weird person learning Korean. <laughs> um, because many years ago, it was like that, like, Am I the only person in the city learning Korean? Sure. They they, they ask themselves, but now they know they're not. They're 
a part of a very big phenomenon, learning Korean is a cool thing, a cool hobby. And because we have many followers uh, using our platform to tell people, hey, yeah, this, this girl in Greece is studying with the same book that you are studying with. Mm-hmm. How cool is that, right? Yeah. So we, we push that very strategically these days. It's really uh, eye-opening to hear about all that. How much, this is kind of a, a light-hearted question. It's asked respectfully. How much of Talk To Me In Korean nowadays is uh, like, I don't know, like an Apple Steve Jobs or an SM Entertainment where you're the idol out front and all the work is done behind the scenes uh, by the designers or how much of a hands-on role do you still have on all that? Mm, it has changed um, over time. There were periods where I wanted to be less hands-on. Mm-hmm. Um, these sure. days, I'm st- still still very much hands-on with lots of uh, lessons and books. But yeah, half half of my time is sort of business planning and managerial work, mm. um, just helping my coworkers uh, get all the snacks they want, <laughs> and. Um, half of the half of the other half of my time is on coming up with new lesson ideas and before one thing that has changed for me mm. is before like maybe seven years ago i would be coming up with an idea recording the lesson writing the lesson notes and editing the video myself and mm. actually be posting the video to the website myself but now I just come up with the lesson idea and give it to the producers and mm-hmm. they come up with the layout for the video. They shoot everything for me and they decide whether I should be in it or another teacher should be in it. So yeah, much less work for me. Much less, but you still have to do that incredibly hard thing of performing in front of the camera and having that, I, I think you used the word earlier of approachable aspect of it mm. and and you do that incredibly well and not everybody can do that it's it's a skill unto itself have you got better at that do you do you feel like you're you're developing that sort of present not just presenter but that personal public figure mm. is is it become easier mm, it has become easier but mainly because i don't try too hard anymore right <laughs> before yeah. I, I used to look at other youtubers and think, oh, that person is doing this, and mm-hmm. that person is, or looks like this, or they're like posing like this. Um, I tried, and it doesn't work for me. So I, I don't even try to uh, dress too nicely or like put on makeup for my videos or anything like that. It's it's just the content that matters. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, and I also tried scripting everything beforehand, but then. Um, it has worked for me, but right now I just come up with an idea, think about it mm. over a couple of days and just turn on the camera and talk about it. And that also gives me the best results because I'm being myself. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't try too hard. And when people recognize me as their teacher and when they give me that sort of, I guess, influencer treatment, I'm mm-hmm. just thankful i i don't i don't try to be a star or anything like that i'm i'm too old for that <laughs> so <laughs> too old you say while well, you're break dancing in videos and, <laughs> and but no yeah, any- i try to i started to keep keep fit um i'm so international age wise i'm 40 this year i will turn 41 soon and 
I, I'm happy that I'm able to do backflips and yeah. breakdance moves uh, still. Um, I train regularly to stay fit and strong. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I'm the same, Hyunu. Now I'm I'm probably similar age. I'm Takti. I'm Palestinian. Um, oh okay. Now even like even if I look at chicken, I get fat. So I have to get out. I have to get running. It, it, <laughs> these things do happen. Um, I know you've got a, a, another meeting coming up, so we'll we'll slowly bring this to a close. But Hyunu, like you are uh, the teacher to so many people. Give us a. Give us a closing teacher's message. Help us. I've got a Korean lesson later that I've got to get to. Still studying. <laughs> give us a give us a closing Korean teacher statement that will make us feel good about our day, but also perhaps help us learn the language a little bit better. Um, so, um, with the exception of somebody who wants to be a translator or a professional simultaneous interpreter, maybe for them it can be a very stressful and necessarily stressful learning journey because they have to learn a lot uh, in a short period of time and they have to perform really, really well mm -hmm. every single time. But with the exception of that, for the majority of us, learning a new language, in this case, the Korean language, is just a no-stress hobby. It can take 50 years to, yeah. uh, to be completed. Um, nobody's like no tiger is chasing after you to learn one more grammar point and actually remember it for good today. Mm -hmm. um, if you learn something and if you forget it, it's fine. Who cares? No stress. You're choosing to learn Korean because you want to. I've, I've done English education in Korea and the majority of English learners here in Korea are learning because they have to. They're, they've They've been told to learn English. Right. Not even half of them learn English because they want to. But what's great about the Korean learning community is that almost everybody is learning because they want to. Mm -hmm. And you are learning a new language because you want to. And no one has the authority or permission to give you any stress except for yourself. So all I want to say is no stress. Um, Learn as slowly as you want, as quickly as you want. And if you're always looking for the best method, don't worry about it. As long as you spend a lot of time every day, it means the activity you're doing is enjoyable. If you're watching 10 Netflix shows a day in Korean, mm -hmm. that's fine. It's enjoyable and endurable. For other people, it's not. So do spend as much time as possible doing the activities that you enjoy and don't worry about the pace or speed at which you're learning. So no stress, that's what I wanna say. <laughs> Sounds like a very modern and positive message that's so suitable for the 2021 generation. Um, yeah, excellent. Mm. And because I know for a lot of people, there is a tiger after them. I still hear that in Korean, Harangyeonda, with the kids and things like that. <laughs> so they will use it. But perfect message, Hyaru. Thank you very much for today. Constructing.